Well, hello everyone. Darren Saul here, your host of Playing With Perspective, the suspended animation podcast. It's episode 161 and I have the lovely Amanda Aravina in the studio today. How are you, Amanda? I'm really good, Darren. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming. Now, for everyone out there, it's a great topic. What makes an incredible training experience? Amanda is a passionate corporate trainer specializing in disc behavioral profiling and soft skills training for organizations. Close to her heart is also working with job seekers and the long-term unemployed to deliver pre-employment training to get them excited and prepared for the workforce. She prides herself on her engaging training style. She's approachable, inclusive, clear, and interactive. Amanda believes that training can and should be fun, catering to a variety of learning styles. Amanda's goal is to change the lives of 1 million people through high quality training. Wow, what a hell of a goal, Amanda. <laughs> sure is. I hope I can make it. <laughs> I'm sure you will. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you. Now, Amanda, obviously, you know, we've chatted over the last uh, little while as well, and I love what you do, and I'm fascinated by behavioral profiling. I've always been fascinated by profiling. But first of all, let's jump in and maybe tell us a bit about how you ended up doing this. Mm, it's, a, it's an interesting story. So most of my career I spent in the not-for-profit sector, uh, working with the long-term unemployed and disengaged high school students, uh, basically training them up and getting them ready for the workforce. Um, in 2017, I wasn't working in that capacity, but I was still in the not-for-profit sector and I actually suffered a serious workplace injury. And my idea at the time was I'll heal, I'll go back. And unfortunately, um, with all of the stakeholder involvement, that was not recommended and that did not happen. So once I sort of healed up a bit, um, I had a look at what I really wanted to do. And at the time, the training industry was changing. And basically, unless you had an up graded cert for in training and assessment, you could no longer train. So I decided to go and get that qualification and start my own business. And that's how I ended up here. And here you are. Fantastic. I am. And how many years has it been now in training? It's almost three years on the 1st of July. Congratulations. Thank you. Fantastic. And it sounds like you really love it. I do. It's just, I would do it for free if I didn't have bills to pay. <laughs> I absolutely love training. You didn't training. hear that, everybody. You didn't hear <laughs> No, I'm sorry, I'm still going to charge you. <laughs> awesome. I mean, that, what a great story. It's always nice to hear how somebody falls into something and it's meant to be in a way. It's what they exactly. love to do and it's in line with who they are as a person. That's exactly right. And I think at the time of my workplace injury, I thought, oh my gosh, this is the worst thing that has ever happened to me and it's turned out to be the best. So yeah. you just never know where something's going to lead you. Yeah. Well, I mean, in terms of training then, I mean, you know, we've all been into, we've done training courses and people, when people say training, oh no, not another training course. Oh no, how can I get out of this? Yeah. I mean, why is it that training can often seem so drawn out and boring and disengaging and people just run away from it? <laughs> Yeah, and look, I've definitely been the person running away from training. Years ago, I was kicked out of a training course um, because I was so disengaged and I was talking and I was asked to leave. So, I, I was. Um, I think that, you know, it can be such a drawn out, boring process for a number of different reasons. So probably the first one is that 
Trainers aren't taught how to deliver training. When you go through a training and assessment cert for, you're taught how to be compliant with ASQA, you're taught about how to put things together, um, but you're not taught how to deliver. And not everybody is a natural deliverer of training. I think the other thing that happens as well is that the person organising the training has objectives and an agenda and sometimes they can think the only way to meet those objectives is with 100 PowerPoint slides that tick all those boxes, whereas there's so many different ways to deliver training. Um, and I think finally the third one is that there's different learning styles. So there's visual, there's auditory, there's kinesthetic, and as a trainer it's really important important that we cater to all of those learning styles and while we can't do it you know for everyone all of the time if um, there's a little bit of each in your training program people will be more engaged with it and I have a lot of fun I have a lot of activities and just I think it's really important that it's just fun yeah and I think you've touched on a really good point I mean just because people know the content or they're knowledgeable about whatever the subject is doesn't always mean they're great teachers or trainers so exactly. it, as you say, to deliver something and to communicate something and inspire people on the other end to really yeah. take on board what you have to teach is another gift. Yeah. It's another whole art form. I agree. Absolutely. Yeah, so true. And so then tell us about, about you. What makes you so different? How do you run your training? Mm. So well, I run my training, first of all, by making sure that everybody that enters the training room is greeted, that I'm friendly, um, that I'm approachable, because at the end of the day, nobody wants to go along to training to look like a fool in front of their colleagues. And the trainer has that capacity to do that. And, uh, you know, I've seen it happen where they'll ask a question and somebody will answer and they'll go, nah, that's wrong. So I make sure that I, I don't train in that way. I make sure that everybody feels really comfortable. Um, I also put a lot of activities into my training. So I've got a method called teach and stick where I'll teach a concept and then do an activity to make it stick because people yeah. learn better when they're actually doing it. So that's, um, that's probably active learning, isn't it? It yeah. is. Yes, exactly. That's exactly how I run it. Awesome. Awesome. I mean, I find the same whenever I do training courses, as soon as I've put something yeah. into practice, it's almost cemented in my head. Otherwise, it's just theory and it just disappears. That's exactly right. The amount of training courses I've done that are just theory and they give you a nice workbook and I chuck it in the bin on the way out yep. <laughs> and I've learned nothing. <laughs> awesome. So that's your style and obviously you're very, you know, you're very bubbly and full of energy and I can see you probably make your training fun and interactive as well. I definitely do. I think that's probably the main thing. And for me, student experience is paramount. So, you know, some people take the bums on seats approach. Let's just get everybody in and hope for the best. Whereas I'm sort of like, well, let's give a great student experience. So they tell all their friends and all their friends want to come along. hundred percent. And wow, that's such a good point. You know, just like in anything, referrals are everything. And if you really give people the experience, it's amazing what happens. That's exactly right, Darren. And they might come back for more. They might. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> so let's chat about DISC in particular, because obviously that's a speciality for you. Um, yes. There are so many different types of behavioural-based profiling systems. I know there's Myers-Briggs yes. and this. There was even one that I read. It was called, is it Larry Little or something? Oh, really? I haven't heard of that one. <laughs> it's like a more of an animal form trait uh, it was really interesting i think someone got me under that ages ago but this has been around awesome. for a long time yeah 
Um, and I remember doing disc profiling years and years ago. So why is disc still yeah. here? Why is it so good? And why is it, why is it mm. the disc has stood the test of time? Yeah, great question. Um, I think for a few reasons. So DISC is pretty simple. There's four different behavioural profiles that people will fall into as opposed to, you know, 20. Um, so it's easy to remember what your profile is. And I think that DISC is easily recognised by the colour system. So because it's, you know, coloured for each profile, there's four colours in it, um, that's how people remember DISC. And I often get asked, um, is that the coloured profiling tool? And I'm like, yes, it is. Yep. And that's how people know it. And can you pick yep. somebody just by talking to them for five minutes? Or do you really need to, I mean, to a degree, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, no, I think that I can. I think I've got a bit of a knack for that. Although my dad asked me the other day what I thought he was and I got it totally wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think my dad's different with me than he is out in the world. So that's probably why that happened. Um, but yeah, I, I get a pretty good sense um, just from talking to people. And I think sometimes people will fall into different categories depending upon the situation. Uh, they're not particularly comfortable. They might sit back. I know for me, um, I tend to be a, a high eye when I'm training because I have to be and I'm bubbly and all of that. But I'm actually not an eye on the disc profiling. So there you go. That's right. That's it is. I think I did yeah. it years ago and I'm a mix between an eye and an S or a C. I don't know which one is which. I could see you as an I and an S, definitely. Okay, okay. What's, yep. what's the S component? Maybe tell us a bit more about the actual four parts of DISC so people out there that aren't that familiar with it can really understand it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the first profile is dominance. Uh, these people tend to be really results driven. They're quite competitive. Sometimes they can come across as really abrupt. Um, there is influence, which is the I one. And these people are super bubbly and they make everybody around them feel really comfortable. And they're very, very positive, which is where I can see the I for you, Darren. Um, and also the S, um, I can see why you'd fit into that. So the S is the steady um, behavioural style. And these people are really, really lovely. They're just supportive. They're people, people. Um, they want every everything to be fair and, and that sort of thing. So they're just really gentle people. Um, and then the C is a really compliant personality. So you often find accountants are Cs because they have to be. Um, and they're very, very logical. Um, the Cs, they don't like too much emotion. <laughs> so which there you the, go. Which, Those... ones, which ones would be more towards the perfectionism slant? Would that be C? Definitely the C. Yep, definitely the C. They just love everything to be accurate oh, yeah. uh if it's not mm, okay. watch out okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. and so disc obviously has been around for so long but because it's simple there's only four categories it's color coded it's logical it's just stood the test of time exactly and, and, it, and would you say that most companies are yeah. still using disc as their major profiling system these days Mm, I, I think quite a lot still are. There are other ones sort of popping their head up and not so much profiling tools, but more psychometric testing. Uh -huh. I think a lot of companies are using that sort of, um, you know, platform. Uh, but DISC is still definitely out there because people remember it and they know it. Yeah, yeah. And also you can get very different, um, you know, levels of extensivity in terms of DISC profiling. I've seen DISC 
surveys that are just one page and I've seen ones that can take 45 minutes. Absolutely. Yep. So the ones that I work with, I've got a a sort of a basic workbook one uh, that's really, really great. But the extended profiles that I do, I think they're about 15 pages long and they actually match people to different career paths and things like that. So it's really super interesting. And it shows um, on this particular profile where you might sit in your personal life versus your professional life. And yeah, it's super interesting. Oh, wow. Fascinating. I love that stuff. Um, and so yeah, me is, too. <laughs> is, is DISC the main area that you work or do you work in a few other areas as well in terms of training? Yeah, so I do do a few other areas. So DISC I'm really passionate about and I just love it. I find it so interesting and fascinating and I've seen some really great things happen within organisations when people understand DISC. Um, I do do other soft skills training at, you know, some point in my training career, I fell into content development. So if an organisation comes to me and has a particular need, providing it's not, you know, dissecting frogs or something I don't know how to do, um, I can put content together and deliver that for them. Um, And I also, um, oh, actually, I'm going to get to that a little bit later because I know (laughs) it'll come up a bit later, but there is, I still do work um, with some unemployed people, which I love. Okay, okay, fantastic. So let's tell us a bit more about how you work. Do you work one-on-one? Do you work corporate? Do you work online? You work globally. How do you tell us more about how you actually work? Engage your yeah. So I work nationally, and I usually run it face to face. If it weren't for COVID, I'd work globally. Uh, so it was interesting when COVID came round because my work just stopped. There's no more face-to-face training. There's social distancing. I can only train three people at once in a room. Um, So that was really interesting. But I, and I do um, run virtual sessions as well, but I find that the engagement's a lot better face-to-face. And I've got a lot of activities where I get them to run around and stuff like that. You can't really do that on Zoom. Um, So yeah, that's, that's pretty much how I work. Okay. All right. Fantastic. Um, well, I'd love to hear just a, li- a little bit of a story. I'd love a good case study because my audience loves a story and Ooh, I love a story. Tell us awesome. about, you know, maybe a couple of examples where you've gone in to corporates or even yeah. one, you know, an individual and you've trained them um, yeah. using a lot of these different uh, profiling techniques and it's changed their life. Awesome. So the first one that comes to mind is a not-for-profit that I ran this training for earlier this year and their team is called quite remote. So they were all together for a two-day conference and they had me come in and run half a day training for them. And it's really interesting. The feedback that I got was exceptional. Um, And just even watching the change in people as the training progressed, you know, the high Ds were sort of sitting back like, and then by the end of it, (laughs) they knew and everybody else knew that they were a D. And so they started (laughs) to, I guess, change the way that they were communicating with each other. And I had a follow-up session uh, as I always do. So every time I run training, I run a follow-up session a few weeks later to make sure that there's no, you know, further questions or things that people aren't sure about. And only one person came to the follow-up session, which is actually a really good thing because it means that they've got it. And the person that came just wanted to let me know how well they're working as a team remotely now that they've done this. So that was really cool. Well done. Well done. Well done. Yeah. And could I share another case study? Because this one is really close to my heart. (laughs) So um, I'm contracted by one of Australia's largest retailers to run their Indigenous pre-employment program. And 
It's basically a three-day program. We go through induction, but we're also building their confidence and excitement for the employment opportunity that they're going for. And um, from the number of people from walking into my class to getting and keeping a job is a 92% conversion rate. And it's not about conversion rate. It's about 92% of those people were able to start a career with this place and be able to support their families, put food on the table. And that, that means so much to me. I love this program and I think I'll run it. I'll do it forever. (laughs) And so then that's fascinating. Let's expand on that. How, how do you think what you did gave them the ability and the skills and the, maybe the aptitude to, for that to happen? Well, I think that when they come along, they're scared and they're also not very trusting of the opportunity. And a lot of people who have been long-term unemployed have been placed into jobs that aren't right for them and almost set up to fail. So I think they'll come in and, you know, they'll go, I don't really know about this. But once I can connect with them and really explain what it's all about, I can see those light bulbs going off and they love the disc component of the training as well. We do a bit of disc in that. Um, So I think it's really about them, about building rapport and trust and supporting them on their journey, not just another ticker box. Yes, I've come along to training. It's like, no, this is like a really great opportunity for you for the rest of your life and for your family. So yeah, and I suppose if, you know, for, from a job seeker point of view, if you understand yourself better, you can know that maybe you shouldn't be pursuing those type of roles, but you should be pursuing these types of roles and you'll have a much better success. That is exactly what happens. So when we go through the DISC part in this particular training, um, we talk about the different roles within the organisation that each profile would be suited to. And then when they're going into the store to, you know, work, um, they actually communicate that with their manager. You know, I'd like to work in this department or that department. And yeah, they get the best fit for themselves. So that's really good. And vice versa, I suppose, for the managers, if they can recognise who's going to fit and who's not going to fit. I mean, you know, behavioural and psychometric testing has been around the corporate world for years. Yeah. And it's about how, exactly, and it's about how you use it as well. You know, some people use things like DISC to pigeonhole people and say, well, you're this and that's not going to work. But I think if you can use it to draw on the strengths of the individual and have them in the right roles, it's such a great tool. It is a great tool. I love it. I love it. Well done. So, Amanda, if people want to get to know more about you and learn more about what you do, what's, uh, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, it's probably to go to the website because from there they can email, call, social media, social media me. Um, so the website is www.uniqueteamtraining.com.au. Love it. How did you come up with that name, Unique Team Training? Any brainstorming session? Or I just, I just came pulled to it out of thin air, to be <laughs> honest. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was trying to capture what I do in a business name and I thought my training style and what I run is unique. So let's go with that word. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Obviously you're on social media. So you're on LinkedIn, you're on Facebook. LinkedIn and Facebook. Yeah. I don't really do Instagram. Nobody wants to see pictures of me every day and that's about all I'd have. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Well, I'll make sure that I put all those links in the show notes for everybody to access. Amazing. Um, Because I think, uh, you know, I would love to, I would love to be in a session where you're teaching um, DISC and where you're training in general, Mm -hmm. because I think it'd be very, very entertaining. 
Absolutely. And it's interesting that you say that because I might have some upcoming news. Oh, there you go. Well done. Well done. Well, now, Amanda, thank you so much for coming on the show. Always love it. And, you know, a nice breath of fresh air to be able to talk about training and profiling and, you know, the things that you're so passionate about because they're so important for everybody as well. Um, Everybody out there that really is thinking about understanding themselves better, understanding Mm. their teams better, maybe finding out how to motivate and inspire their teams. Profiling sessions and workshops can be incredibly powerful. So I would definitely urge you to talk to Amanda. Thank you, Darren. And I always love chatting with you. Oh, thank you. Such a pleasure. I'm not going to let you off the hook just yet because at the end of every (laughs) podcast episode, I always ask my guest to give Mm. us something that they're, maybe just some form of, um, some insight or something that they're thinking about or a little bit of advice to anyone out there and to how, the, how they can make their lives a bit better. So anything that comes to your mind, might be training mm, related, might lives. be disc related, it might be just whatever's yeah. on your mind. Okay, how they can make their lives a little bit better. This is neither disc nor training related, but it's something <laughs> that I do every morning. Oh, um, before I even get out of bed, I'll jump on YouTube and put an inspirational speech on. Um, and I find that that just sets me up for the day feeling super inspired and motivated. Love it, love it. I do a similar thing. I put a podcast on every morning. I get awesome. up early and I'm always yep. listening to a podcast and that kind of sets me up for the day. Absolutely. Isn't it the best? And yeah, it's funny. People will say to me, what time do you get up? And I'm like, oh, I'm up at 5, 5.30 every day. I do go to bed at 8.30 though, but <laughs> a bit of a nana. <laughs> uh, I'm the same. I'm probably in bed by 9, 9.30. Yeah. Yep. yep. It's a great way to live, I think. Yeah, I think it's, I've changed. I've totally changed over the years. Me, oh, me too. I used to be up until three in the morning and then up at 10. <laughs> wow. Well, Amanda, thank you so much. Thank you, Amanda, Darren. I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your knowledge and your expertise. And thank I wish you, you all the very, very best of luck. And everybody out there, check out all the links. Check out Amanda's website and find out more about what she does. Thank you so much, Darren. Pleasure. So everyone out there, have a great day. We'll see you very, very soon for another episode coming up tomorrow. Stay tuned and bye for now.